You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Anybody can be a good cook if they have all the right ingredients and they follow the recipe. But a great cook is someone who makes do with what they have. Actress and cookbook author Jill St. John. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Well, on this Thanksgiving Eve, we'll be talking turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and stuffing and all that with cookbook author and actress Jill St. John. Now, she had a long and illustrious career in movies and in television. In fact, you may remember her as Tiffany Case, the first American Bond girl from Diamonds Are Forever. That's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I don't dress for the hired help. Let's see your passport, Franks. Occupation transport consultant? It's a little cute, isn't it? I'll finish dressing. Oh, please don't. Not on my account. Jill St. John was featured in dozens of movies and TV shows over a period of many years. Then later she transitioned to a successful second career as food writer and chef on television and in print. In 1987, she published The Jill St. John Cookbook. And I had a chance to meet her and talk with her just a few days before Thanksgiving that year. So here now from 1987, Jill St. John. I've wanted to write a cookbook for as long as I can remember. I think I first decided I wanted to write a cookbook when I was about 16. Now, it's it's always been a life's dream. I never thought I'd be cooking on television. I never thought I would write for a magazine. But I always had this little desire and this sneaking suspicion that one day I would write a cookbook. Do lots of women start out growing up wanting to write a cookbook? Did they grow up and wanting to, wanting to, perhaps wanting to be fine cooks would be a better way to Well, I think, I think all women were expected to cook. Uh, these days, not all women do cook. And I have always wanted to cook. I started cooking when I was about eight years old. It's just a question of what you, which paths your life takes you, I suppose. And in, in this book that I've written, it's a lot of the recipes are easy for those people who don't really know how to cook that well or who don't have enough time to really get into it. I would say that 80% of my recipes are fairly easy to do, and the other 20% are more complicated. People like me who do the cooking in my family, we... Do you? Yes, I do. We appreciate the fact that 80% are, are easy because so many recipes, you, you can open up any cookbook and you'll find recipes that the list of ingredients is two pages. It, that gets me crazy. Now, I'm almost a professional cook, I guess you could call me, and I won't do that. But you see, I'm an actress first and foremost. I'm just blessed to have two careers here, cooking and acting. But I get up at 5, 5.30 to go to work. I come home anytime between 7 and 9.00. That's late. If I There's nobody at home to cook for me. If I don't cook, I don't eat. So my main thrust here is to find something really nutritious and delicious that I can do in a short amount of time. I've perfected recipes like that, and so I put them in the book. I've, I've had to because of my own lifestyle, and now I'm sharing them. I think you said a key word there. I can make a lot of stuff real quick, and it tastes good. But it's not nutritious. No, I really try to stress balancing meals. And I've 
Salt is an option in every one of my recipes. There are fresh herbs in most of them. You can use dried, of course, if you prefer, or if it's easier for you. But I even tell you how to grow fresh herbs on your windowsill if you'd like. And I limit uh, fats, and I use a lot of olive oil, which we know is non-cholesterol. It does have calories, but it's non-cholesterol. And if you're worried about a butter content, you can use half oil, half butter, or just all oil. And I flavor a lot of the oils. There's a, there's a chapter in the beginning called Gifts of Food. And that's wonderful because all the things that I actually make to cook with, I also show you how to package and bottle that you can give as gifts. And it's particularly helpful now around the holidays. Flavored oils and vinegars and I, I flavor some cheeses in, in oils and garlic and herbs and there's a, Ginger marmalade and creme de menthe jelly and jalapeno jelly, things like that, pepper mixtures. Oh, makes me hungry already. Why is it that every person I've ever interviewed who has written a cookbook, not a diet book, a cookbook, looks so nice and slim and trim, and I, who buy all the cookbooks, look like this? Uh, well, that you have obviously have not interviewed Paul Prudhomme. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, you know, uh, my cooking is not particularly fattening. I mean, obviously you can see I'm slender. And I eat everything that's, and have eaten everything that's in the book, and I eat quite a lot, actually. Combinations of food. If you take meat and potatoes, now that complex carbohydrate and the protein, that combination is fattening. Pasta with a meat sauce is fattening. Pasta with a tomato basil sauce is not fattening. So it's combining your foods. That's the real secret. And, you know, obviously not making a piggy of yourself. You, if you're going to pork up or pork out, you're going to, what is it? You're going to pork up, you're going to pork out. <laughs> is this about the way it's going to be? You just, you, I, always, I say in the book, you can have anything you want. You just can't have everything at the same time. So, you know, make things a treat. Have them once in a while, not all the time. Is there a less fattening alternative to the traditional Thanksgiving dinner that we have approaching now with the big turkey and mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and cranberries? And pumpkin pie and gravy. I was reading an article in a magazine yesterday, last night on the plane coming in, that said the average Thanksgiving dinner has 1,570 calories in it, which seems amazing to me because turkey is uh, almost fat-free. Without the skin. Oh, of course. But you don't eat skin. Uh, turkey and, and, and chicken skin are very high in cholesterol. You must never eat the skin. I say that in the book. And I think, now don't, don't hold me to this, but I think turkey is something like 90% fat-free or 98% fat-free, something like that. Uh, I would think that that's just one of those occasions where go ahead and eat it, but maybe a lot of people don't have lunch the day of Thanksgiving dinner because they know what, what's ahead. And I would say, you know, after all, it's Thanksgiving and Christmas, and just so skimp on your meals the next day or the day before and enjoy it. I mean, I, I don't think we should punish ourselves on holidays. Is we should just be sensible. Is it ever possible to come up with an original recipe for turkey leftovers? Um, I don't think it's possible to come up with an original recipe. I mean, I've, I've done things for my column in USA Weekend. I did a recipe and I saw it two years later on the cover of one of our major food magazines, you know, monthly food magazines, and uh, that you buy on the, you know, in the supermarket. They didn't copy me. It's just that you, as fresh foods become available, people who cook 
figure out ways of putting them together. I saw in the New York Times magazine this last Sunday a very unusual recipe. They, they're quoting, they say very unusual recipe for cranberries with orange and ginger. Well, I've been making that for 10 years. You know, it's, it's also in my book. They didn't copy it from my book. It's just that they thought of it too. I do have a recipe uh, that I came up with not long ago that's going in my next book with lemongrass and salmon that I don't think anyone's ever thought of. But we'll see. You know, maybe by the time the second book is printed, somebody else will have come up, come up with it. After this short break, Jill St. John's advice on improv in a kitchen. Now back to my 1987 interview with Jill St. John. I remember my mother was a great collector of recipes. She'd clip them out of the newspaper and the oh, magazine. Oh, bless her heart. She'd keep a little file and everything like that. But I remember that nine nights out of ten, we had one selection from her basic menu. Her of, repertoire. Yeah, exactly. Are most people like that, do you think? No, I, I really don't know. I know that in a pinch, I'll go back myself. I'll go back to an old standby. But, of course, uh, as a food career, I'm forever trying new things and testing recipes on friends and on myself. I don't really know how to answer you. You could always tell when she just clipped a recipe because, you know, Mom, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun to try new recipes. You expand your culinary horizon, so to speak. Are all of these your own recipes, or are these recipes that you have culled from your experience over the years? Well, it's a, it's a bit of both. You know, as an actress, I have been on many, many movie locations over the years in many parts of the world. And you go to a r restaurants, you sample the regional cuisine. I, I've always made it a point to go to local markets and food stalls because I love to see foods I've never seen before, like the Hong Kong market just about knocked me out. I saw things I'd never seen. And I would go to a restaurant and order some dish. And sometimes I didn't even know what it was because I was ordering it in a foreign language. And I thought, well, I'll just be surprised. I eat almost anything. And I would write down what I thought was in it. And then when I got back to the States, I'd try to recreate it with American products, American produce, American canned goods, what, whatever was necessary for that dish. And it then became my own because obviously I wasn't doing it exactly the way they were doing it in Europe or in Asia or in South America or wherever I happened to be. So then in that sense, it was my own. And I can't follow anybody's recipe, even my own. I end up changing everything so that basically, yes, they are my recipes, but the ideas for a lot of them I got on film locations. If people do that, though, with the Jules St. John cookbook, if they take one of your recipes and they alter it a little bit, do this with that and do that with that, and if it doesn't come out right, aren't they going to say, gee, that recipe wasn't any good at all? Well, I hope they don't blame me if they, if they change it a lot. I mean, obviously... You know, if if I say use fresh dill, and you can't find fresh dill, and all you can find is fresh parsley, use it. Anybody can be a good cook if they have all the right ingredients and they follow the recipe. But a great cook is someone who makes do with what they have. 
puts it together and suddenly it becomes marvelous. That's a great cook. So often if I don't have something, I remember my own advice and I try to create, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a recipe in there for salmon with dill, excuse me, with basil and tomatoes. Well, I bought the salmon that day because I knew I had some dill and some lemons at home. When I got home, I didn't have lemons and dill. I just completely spaced it out of my mind. So I looked around and what did I have? Well, I had some cherry tomatoes and I had some basil. And I always have garlic. And I thought, all right, a little olive oil, let's try this. And it worked marvelously. But if you're intimidated and you don't want to experiment, then you might have just poached the salmon and that would have been it. But I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand. I'm going to try something. And I encourage people to try that. If, if I can take just a little bit different direction for a moment or two before we have to close, what acting projects do you have in the works? Well, thank you for asking because a lot of people think, well, gee, she's just cooking now. She doesn't want to act anymore, and I love to act. It is my main passion. I am on a television show on NBC at the end of this month. Do you know the series J.J. Starbucks starring yes. Dale Robertson? He's a wonderful fellow. And I'm guest starring on that, and I play a real rotten, dirty, low-down movie star who murders her husband and has never seen the inside of a kitchen. <laughs> so many – whenever I read an interview with, uh, with an actor or actress, they always say it's easier and more fun to play the bad guy than it is the good guy. And that's the truth. I did a television series two years ago called Emerald Point, and I played a real rotten, witchy lady. Actually, that's not the, the consonant I use, but we'll say witchy. <laughs> and it was therapeutic. You'd spend the entire day, while you were acting, certainly not when you weren't acting, being nasty and getting out any aggression you might ever have had in your life. By the time you, I'd get home, I was a pussycat. I mean, I was... Absolutely the most relaxed, happiest person. It's very, it's a lot of fun to do it. And I like to underplay. When you play someone that nasty, I don't like to be avert, overt. I like to underplay it because to me, the most dangerous people are not the ones that yell and scream. They're the quiet ones, the soft-spoken ones that you really have to be wary of. Is there a series that you see regularly now that you'd love to get an invitation to be a guest star on? <laughs> the Cosby Show. <laughs> I think it's one of the best shows on TV. Um, let me think. Uh, Murder She Wrote, I think, would be the answer because I think that's such a fine show. They asked me to do it, and I was working on. I, you know, it was a, a time conflict. I couldn't get finish the show I was doing at the time. So I, I'm hoping that they'll ask me back. You, you clearly like acting better than writing cookbooks. Well, I love them both, but to be brutally honest with you, acting is my first love, and we never do get over our first love, do we? That's true. But I'm very blessed. Can you think of it? To be passionate about a career that you love is very, very lucky to be passionate about two careers and to be successful in both of them. I'm very lucky and don't think I don't know it and I'm not grateful every day. Is it important to you that the cookbook be a commercial success? Yes, it is because then they'll buy my second, then Random House will buy my second book. I have a series of four books planned in my mind, each one distinctly different from the other. And uh, it's important also, there's ego involved, but I'd like my philosophy of cooking to be known by a lot of people. I, I'd like them to know that it isn't that difficult, that my approach is, is rather easy, and I'd like them to hear my philosophy of cooking, which isn't just all about food. Uh, it's about pleasing people. 
It's about taking care of people, those that you love, that you cook for, giving them healthful, nutritious, balanced meals. That's really caring. That's really love. And then it's also about creating because it's a very creative process. And it's also very artistic to arrange food and make it look beautiful, not just delicious. And uh, we eat with our eyes as well. I think we even eat with our ears. We hear that sizzle of bacon in the morning and that, that perk of the coffee. And I think that we, we, we eat with all the senses. Is there one question that you are asked by everyone, everywhere you go, the one question that seems to dog you wherever you are, that you wish you could answer just one more time and then be done with it, not have to answer it anymore? Um, yes. What's it really like being with Robert Wagner? <laughs> and the answer is, it's marvelous. <laughs> He's a wonderful, wonderful person, and I'm very lucky that we're together. Jill St. John is 81 now, and we're sure is still cooking delicious Thanksgiving meals. Now, you can find past episodes of Now I've Heard Everything at our website, heardeverything.com. There are hundreds of them there. And that's where you'll find my interviews with other celebrities with cookbooks, including... Comedian Dom DeLuise. Escarole soup and uh, pasta vajoli, which is beans and macaroni. My mother used to make a, a, a chicken soup that had little pieces of potato, rice, and onion. It is so delicious. And Marianne from Gilligan's Island, Dawn Wells. The Marianne's coconut cream pie, my grandmother's, great-grandmother's favorite recipe. It's the first one. And my mother, uh, there's lots of vegetable recipes, great for kids, stir-frying carrots mm -hmm. and, and turnips that, that are easy. Great Thanksgiving feast uh, that's been in my family. The dressing and stuff has been in my family for years. And, of course, we post new episodes of Now I've Heard Everything here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, as you're enjoying all your turkey leftovers, sandwiches and salads and such, we'll be revisiting my 1987 interview with actor Chuck Norris. Lone Wolf McQuaid was kind of the start, and then Code of Silence was kind of the impetus. The critics said Chuck Norris has finally broken in. It's a tremendous film. You know, that was nice to get critical acclaim. But the key point is, does the audience like the movie? That's really what I'm more interested in. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Thompson.